Praise the Lord. When I grow up, before I die, some of us are in between. And if some of you go to junior church and you say, when I grow up, they will tell you, you are already grown up. <laughs> we should be looking at the next phase and say, this singular life that I have, I will make it count in the name of Jesus. The opposite of a life that counts is a wasted life. And I'm praying that there will be no wasted life here in Jesus' name. Everyone that God created, he created with a purpose. Everybody has a purpose. God has something in mind when he made you. He has something in mind when he made me. And that life must count. Must count. I, I was sharing first first experience how I, on Friday, my wife and I had a dinner with a friend of mine and his wife. He's also a pastor. We've been friends for a long time. You know? And we're just sharing on how we've made different life decisions and how it has impacted us and looking back and he was saying, you know, Femi, how do you, how did you make this decision? Even by God's grace, it turned out to be the right decision. How? And I said to him that it's simple. I've made up my mind that this one life that I have will count. Praise the name of the Lord. You also have one life. Don't believe that fairy tale that's the afterlife. When I come back, I will be a millionaire. When I come back, some people want to come back as a tortoise. Some say, when I come back, I want to be an eagle. There's nothing like that. This is what you have. This is the only life you have. It is appointed to man. How many times to die? Once. After that, judgment. After death, you and I, we are going to stand before God and give an account. Are you going to say, I didn't make my life count because she looked at me in a funny way? You know, some people, that's, that's their excuse for not serving God. Oh, I didn't make my life count because that person did this or this person. Are you really going to stand before God and say to God, I didn't make my life count because... I'm praying in the name of Jesus that no life in God's favorite house will be wasted. Amen. Say amen. amen. So there are three questions I want to leave with you today. You need to wrestle with these three questions. If you wrestle correctly with these three questions, your life will count. Three questions. Or your life will be on the path of, being, of counting. <laughs> three questions. Are you ready? Number one. <laughs> Number one question. You have to wrestle with this question. I have to wrestle with this question. 
In fact, this whole series, I encourage you to get the CD and listen to it over and over again. The messages are free. Over and over again. The first question you have to wrestle with is, whose plan? That's the question. Whose plan? Whose plan are you going to follow, my brother? Whose plan are you going to follow? Whose plan are you going to follow? Whose plan are you going to follow? Are you going to follow your plan or are you going to follow God's plan? Is it going to be my plan or is it going to be God's plan? Whose plan am I going to follow? It's a question you have to wrestle with. Because you have your own plans, God has has his own plans. Whose plans are you going to follow? Whose plans am I going to follow? Whose plans am I going to follow? Am I going to follow my plans? Or am I going to follow God's plans? Am I going to follow my plans? Or am I going to follow God's plans? Or am I going to follow my father's plans? Or am I going to go follow God's plans? You know, for some people, their father wants them to be medical doctors. So, daddy wants me to be a doctor, or mommy wants me to be a doctor. You know, I'm speaking to some parents. You know, interestingly, now that we are parents, some of us parents... <laughs> are very funny. <laughs> very funny. A lady was going to disown her daughter because she's not, going to, she's not interested in medicine. She wants to do performing arts. She says, performing what? Her reason is that she's her only daughter and she wants her to be a medical doctor so that when she's old, the doctor can be taking care of her. Ha! Ah. Whose plan are you going to live your life for? Whose plan? Your plan or mommy's plan? Or God's plans? Is it mommy's plans or God's plans? Is it daddy's plans or God's plans? Whose plan? Is it, is it your friend's plans or God's plans? Whose plan are you going to follow? Your friends have plans for you. Oh yes, they have plans for you. They have plans for where you should be at what time. But God also has plans for you. Whose plan are you going to follow? That's it. If your life is going to count, you have to answer that question. Whose plan is it going to be? Why are you thinking about that? You see, God is reassuring you and I in Jeremiah 29, 11. In Jeremiah 29, 11, God is reassuring you and I. He says, why are you thinking about that? I want to tell you about my plans for you. He says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans of good and not of disaster to give you a future and a hope. God says the plans I have for you, in case you don't know, they are plans of good. In case you are afraid, in case you, you, are, you are like, can I trust this God? God says, tell you that the plans that he has for you are plans of good and not of evil. To give you a hope and the future. Isn't that a beautiful plan? Praise the name of the Lord. God says it's a good plan. If God says something is good, then it's good. Then it's good. And 
And sometimes we are so obsessed at our own, um, at the next step. We are like, but, but pastor, what if I don't know God's plans? What if I don't know God's plans? Listen, the first thing you need to resolve is you need to embrace God's plans. That they are good plans and that they are in your favor. That's the first thing. God has a good plan for me. Everybody say, God has a good plan for me. Say, I accept God's plans for me. They are plans of good. Say it, say it, say it. And not of evil to give me a hope and a future. So, God has good plans for you. While the plans unfold, The face you are in with God, God wants you to give it your all. Ecclesiastes 9.10 Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hands finds to do, do it. How? With all your might. For there is no work, no device, no knowledge in the grave when you die. There's no second life, as in on earth. Whatever your hands finds to do. So, so I, I mean, met people that we just want to build castles in the skies, are not even their legs are not touching the ground. They are, they are not practical. They are not working. Where they are, someone comes to me and says, "Oh, pastor, have a, have this." Huge vision. I want to do, um, let's talk in ministry terms. I want, God has shown me I'm an evangelist. And I'm like, oh, fantastic. Praise God. But go and find a local church and serve. Say, Pastor, you don't understand. My, My anointing is bigger than that of the pastor. Because first apostles, then prophets, then evangelists, before Pastors and teachers. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. People that can't do small things well will not do great things well. Whatever your hands find to do. Oh, Pastor, I want to, um, I am a prophet. I'm a prophetess. I'm like, oh, fine, fantastic. But we, we need people to wash the toilets right now. Can you wash the toilets? Pastor, you don't understand. They don't see vision in the toilet. And really, we need people to wash the toilets. I thank God for, for the first worship experience. People came forward and put down their names that they want to wash toilets. Praise the name of the Lord. Awesome. We need people to wash the toilets. Why? Because, look, God can take you from anywhere you are. If you are faithful in little, God will promote you. Who will promote you? God. God himself will promote you. So, so a young man came to me and said, oh, right, we had workers, you know, training kind of, and they submitted their forms, and I was reading this form. And the form was like a CV 
charted out to be in the choir. The guy was good. In fact, he added a, a CD for me. He's recorded a few tracks just for my listening pleasure. <laughs> so I took the CD home. And he actually sang well. I was like, wow. And I was going to minute on it. Choir. And I felt God said to me, prayer. I said, okay. And in my mind, I said, okay, maybe God wants him to do like two months in prayer. Then after that, choir. That's a good plan, God, Lord. And I put prayer. <laughs> that was what I actually thought. The guy got to prayer. If prayer was not prayer, he would have scattered prayer. The head of prayer was strong. <laughs> was able to deal with the rebellious spirit. <laughs> and the guy came to me and said to me, that, did I actually read his uh, CV? Sorry, his form? I said, I did. Since he wants to be in the choir. I said, sorry, you can't. In fact, by that time, I, I was happy that he wasn't in the choir because he would have scattered things. Because choir is very visible. Prayer, anything that goes down there, nobody knows. You just see the result. But choir is very visible. Then he fought us and left the church. Is that the kind of person that would be great, really? Of course not. If you cannot... Look, I've said before, I've served in almost every department in church. I've served in technical, what we call CMM today. I've, I've packed cars. I've served in junior church. God bless the children. I've served in the choir. I've served in prayer. I've served. Think of the department. I've served in that department. And when I was serving, I didn't even, I wasn't thinking. In, honestly, I never thought I was going to pastor. That's the funny thing. I never thought I was going to pastor. I knew I was going to serve God, but I didn't even think it was pastoral. Whatever my hand found to do. I did with all my heart. And you see, when you do that, you discover that there are some things that you are, you enjoy doing, but you are not good at doing them. Some people say, I mean, I've, I've heard people say, once you enjoy doing something and you put your heart to it, nothing can stop you. Have you heard that before? That is so wrong. If you enjoy doing it and you put your heart on it and you're not good at it, something will stop you. Have you watched American Idols before? Haven't you seen all those people that they, they think they are actually singing and everybody else is laughing and they say, oh, my voice must be very good and everybody else is just laughing. Will there be anything? I don't think so. At least not in singing. Same thing. Personally, there are things that, flipping it around, that I enjoy doing, but I'm not good at. But there are things that I am good at, but I'm, I don't enjoy doing. I love children, by the grace of God. But I don't enjoy teaching in junior church. I'm sorry. This children can kill you. Uncle, uncle, uncle. I say, ah, ah. Can't you leave me alone, guys? And, and come to think that, you know, I, back then, I used to play the keyboard. And they said I should go and play keyboard 
for the junior church. The junior church, they have their own equipment. Our junior church is going to have their equipment soon in Jesus' name. So they said, I should go and play keyboard for the children. So my job is to play keyboard for the children. And you think some people sing off-key, play for children. And they are so passionate. And I'm, they are moving. I'm trying to get the kid in. As I'm getting the kid in, another person is confusing the song. Then finally I say, a cappella, everybody, a cappella. You know? Because <laughs> there's no point. <laughs> when God delivered me from junior church, I knew I was not going back. <laughs> so, when I see junior church teachers, God bless them. Let's clap for junior church teachers. Fantastic people. They are anointed to do that thing. But you see, God took me through that process. While I was there, I gave it by the grace of God. On my own. I didn't break anybody's neck. I was tempted to drug them, to put something in their cook <laughs> so everybody can sleep. <sighs> so we can have some peace. But I didn't do it. And don't look at me like that. <laughs> it was just a thought that crossed my mind. But I didn't do it. And some people, that's their world. That's their world. God bless them again. And again and again. So many times we are so worried about giving God our plans. We are too busy offering God our plans. Why God is saying to us, why don't you offer me your hands? We are saying to God, this is my plan. These are my plans. And God says, show me your hands. I need your hands. And I will make my plans come to pass. Amen. So whose plan is it? MLK week just um, passed. And I was reading a few of his quotes. Quite a number of his quotes. And, and one really, really struck me. A lot of them struck me. But one I want to share. And, and he said, that is Martin Luther King Jr. He said, the purpose of life is not to be happy, nor to achieve pleasure, nor avoid pain. But the purpose of life is to do God's will. Come what may. You know, that's amazing. A lot of us, we are chasing happiness. I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. That's why a lot of people are unhappy. Why? Because happiness is not an end. When you are fulfilling your purpose, you will be happy. When you are fulfilling your purpose, you will have pain. Yes. When you are fulfilling your purpose, you will also have pleasure. It comes with a package. So Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will what? Show you the path to take. So God is saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge God. Focus on God and it will be God's responsibility to direct your path. Whose responsibility is it to direct your path? 
God's. So my job is to trust in God with all my heart. I don't have conny conny moves. I don't have my own gimmicks. I'm trusting God with all my heart. This God has said, He will direct my paths. Do I get an amen? amen? Good. So question number one is, is what? Whose plan? Whose plan? God's plan. Amen. But don't just mouth it. Take that question and wrestle with it. Whose plan really do I want to live for? Wrestle with it. Number two. Question number two is am I sold out? Am I sold out? Have I given myself completely to this cause? The same quote by MLK. The same quote. This the purpose of life is not to be happy, not to achieve pleasure, not to avoid pain, but to do the will of God come what may. Wow. Is it to be sold out to the will of God as the purpose that's the purpose of life? To be so and you see, and that doesn't mean everybody's gonna be a pastor. Of course not. God may call you to the media. Be sold out to the will of God. God may call you to Business, be sold out to the will of God. God may call you to education, be sold out to the will of God. God may call you to policing, be sold out to the will of God, whatever it is. In 1 Kings 19.21, 1 Kings 19.21, story of Elijah and Elisha. God has said to Elijah, Go and anoint Elisha as your successor. And Elijah obeyed God, threw the mantle on Elisha, and walked away. Now, verse 21 says, So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire, to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to his townspeople, and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his what? As his assistant. Imagine that. I mean, this was a businessman that was fully established. He had his own oxen. He had his own... They were yoked. They were working. It was profitable. Then this man of God that has anger problems that can call bear out of the woods to, to eat up little children that can call fire from heaven and roast up innocent people quote unquote that needs to be in anger counseling classes comes and God invariably saying, follow him. Now, now, many of us will say, this guy is very unstable. Though. Let me keep this. 
back off so that in case Elijah, Elisha, rather, burnt his bridges. He killed his oxen, used the wood of the, um, of the yoke as what? Firewood. Roasted everything, distributed everything to his townspeople and said, take it. That's the last you're going to see of me. Bye-bye. Kissed them goodbye and left. Now, when Elijah threw the mantle on Elisha, Interestingly, Elijah went to meet him and said, let me go back and bid my people goodbye. Guess what Elisha said? Is that my business? How is that my business? See to it. Is that, is that nice? Come on, is that nice? That's not nice at all. For someone that is going to let go of so many things to follow you, ah, uh-uh, ah, man of God. Elisha said, I'm in for roller coaster. Now, he left all that to become what? Elijah's assistant. Basically, that means his servant in those days. Elijah wanted to eat. Who brought the water to wash his hands? Elijah. In fact, when the king of Israel and the king of Judah had a problem, and they were like, is there no prophet in the land? Jehoshaphat said, there's this guy, Elisha, that used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. The word of God is with him. So he was known as boy boy. Everyone say boy boy. Now, I'm going somewhere with this story. It's very interesting. Now, so Elijah treated Elisha not in a very nice way. It was time to go. It was time for reward. And Elijah was going to sneak away. He said to Elisha, Stay here. I am going to Bethel. Now, everybody knew Elijah was going to be taken. Even the sons of the prophets. And in fact, the sons of the prophets were teasing Elijah. They were like, huh, They are going to take over. They are going to take your master from your head. And he says, Mind your business. And Elijah said to him, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. While that probably was true, but that was not the big picture. So Elisha could have been upset that this man wants to forewarn me. Right? Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, Let's go to Bethel together. <laughs> oh, young Bethel. We are going there together. Praise the name of the Lord. And Elijah didn't, say, Elijah didn't say anything. They got to Bethel. And Elijah said, okay, you know what? Uh, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. At that point, Elijah should be upset. God has sent you to Jericho. God has sent me to follow you. Uh, so where you are going, Jericho, they go to Jericho. Same thing, God has sent me to Jordan. I am going with you to Jordan. They go to Jordan, they parted Jordan, passed through, Elisha followed. It was time to go. Elisha said, okay, 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 fine, fine, fine. What do you want? I 
I love Elisha. Everything you have times two. <laughs> I probably would have said times ten. Not that I could handle it, but. And Elijah said to him, If you see me, I mean, this is so, so mean. You could just say, Kneel down. And he will lay his hands on him. Right? He said, If you see me when I'm taken up, you will have it. Now, why that is mean is because taking up is chariots are going to come. They're going to sweep the guy off. Elisha said, eh, no problem. He sat down, opened his eyes, he peeled. You, you are not going anywhere today. <laughs> I love this guy. And when the chariots came and carried Elisha, Elijah, Elijah still didn't drop the mantle. The scripture says the mantle fell because the guy shouted, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. I can see it. It was like God was saying to Elijah, Ah, bah, leave this thing for this boy now. <laughs> and that's God for you. God is a rewarder. Is a rewarder. Regardless of Elijah's limitations, God is a rewarder. So God leave this, and the mantle fell, and Elijah grabbed it. So, yes. Yes. And he went to Jordan. He says, The Lord God of Elijah has smote Jordan, and Jordan parted. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> But he, he still said the Lord God of Elijah, which means he, if he had beef in his heart, it would work. Praise the Lord. Am I sold out? And it's, it's so, 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 so crucial. God took my wife and I through an interesting path. Very interesting path. And we went through a season that God was challenging me to be totally sold out. Totally sold out. Totally sold out. Now, I used to, I, I used to pastor in a, um, thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you see me, when I'm taking up, I used to pastor in a, <laughs> I used to pastor in the denominational church. Um, some of you know. Great church. Before God called um, us out. 
And when I was pastoring, you know, I was running my businesses. I had a business here, and I, I was running a business in the UK. And they were doing well. So I was shuttling, pastoring, giving to the work, happy to, happily, you know, and all that. Then one day, God said to me, You know, <laughs> when God calls you in a certain way, your knees just become weak. Because you know what's good to, you are like, what's good to come next to God? <laughs> and he said, I want you to focus on the ministry. Now, I wasn't on salary. Denomination was not paying me salary. I didn't, I didn't want one anyway. And like I said, my wife and I were supporting the work with a lot of other people that God has brought to, to join us. So we're happy doing that. And God said, I want you to shut down your businesses and focus on the ministry. I'm like, I don't have a salary from church, God. And I have responsibilities. was a personal thing I had to wrestle with. But I said to God, okay, fine. You want me to focus on it? I will. So I called my wife and I said to her, you know, this is what God is saying. <laughs> you know, I've not seen any woman on earth that has as much faith as my wife. Faith. Believe me. He said, okay, are you sure? That are you sure came a lot of time. Are you sure? I said to her, at the point I said to her, as sure as I know that my name is Femi Monet. She says, are you sure? I said, yeah. So how are we going to, how are we going to do that? How are we going to do this? You know, women just like security. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? I said, the Lord will provide. So we started out. We didn't tell anybody. In fact, the, like, like I said, the person that used to work closest with me at the time, um, Pastor Elizabeth, a lot of us know her. She didn't get to know until after a year had passed. A whole year had passed. Before Elizabeth came to me, I said, Pastor, you don't travel as often as you do. You don't go for all those meetings that you used to go. You know, what's going on? My mother said, hey, so somebody could have died here and you wouldn't know. <laughs> That is, if, that is if she was my source, but she's not my source. All of my help cometh from the Lord. All. So I told her, and she was like, How's Pastor Dami? How is she coping? And I talked to her, she's a friend. About a year and a half into it. Meanwhile, there are times we were living. From day to day, literally, I kid you not, we're going from week to week. We wouldn't know what was going to be next. And we'll come to church, we'll preach powerfully, nobody knew nothing. And we'll go home and we'll believe God. <laughs> Interesting times. But God just wanted to 
teach me how to be sold out. Totally. So about a year and a half into this work of faith, um, Reverend Colin, a lot of us know him. He was in the first watch experience. He called me and he says, you know, he likes to joke a lot. Da, 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 da. He says, oh, Femi, is your wife there? I said, yes. He says, Speak, put me on speakerphone. So I put him on speakerphone. I didn't ask him why. So he was like, uh, Femi, I think God is saying that you should stop your businesses and focus on the ministry. And I started laughing. I was like, why are you laughing? I said, God already told me a year and a half ago. And she was like, so what did you do? Because he thought probably I didn't obey. That's why God is telling him. I said, I shut them down. You shut them down. I said, yeah. Sharp, sharp. He said, so why is he having this urgency in his spirit about this thing? I said to him, it's not because of me. It's because of my wife. <laughs> Even though she was following me, she was saying, hmm. This man, I hope everything is all right. Uh, are you sure? Who wouldn't ask? But for some people, they wouldn't follow. But she followed. But she still had her questions. I had no questions. By God's grace. Now, from that day, that kind of, as close as we were, he didn't even know until after a year and a half. Because I, I said to her, we are not telling anybody, if God has called me, God will keep us. End of story. After that call, my wife, you know when women buy into a vision, it will be more than even you yourself. <laughs> yourself she bought 1,001% into it. And our finances skyrocketed, changed. We were going from, you can clap for Jesus. We were going from managing to abundance. So I learned a huge lesson. Your wife is a very powerful force, spiritually, very powerful force. Very powerful for us. So we went like that and we went, I mean, I can tell you the things, things were just changing, 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 changing. God led us to start God's favorite house. Told her, this is what God has said. You know, I said, okay, fine. If somebody has told you before that this is what God has said, that, and obviously God has spoken to her already about God's favorite house. So we, we started. Then later God said to me, um, you can now start your businesses. I said, are you sure? I seem to be enjoying this. Uh... <laughs> yeah, because if I begin to tell you the things that began to happen, you'll be jealous. But the good thing is, we are doing the business and those things have not stopped. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Jesus said some really hard things 
unapologetically. Jesus said some really hard things unapologetically. In Luke chapter 9, verse 62, Luke 9, 62, Jesus said, anyone who puts his hand on the plow, then looks back, is not fit for the kingdom of God. That is really hard. It's really hard to say that to someone. It's really hard to say that to someone that I said to you, I will follow you. I just want to go and say goodbye to my father and my mother. It's really hard. Jesus says, if you put your hands on the plow, he did not say if you put your hands on the plow and abandon it and turn back and go back. No. He says if you put your hands on the plow, your hand is still on the plow. Please, can you just look up a little bit? I know you are taking notes. It's okay. Just look up a little bit. Your hand is still on the plow. But you have looked back. Not fit. Isn't that hard? You've not left the plow. Your hand is still on the plow. And Jesus says, such a person is not fit. You have to be sold out. Number three. Number one. Who's plan? Number two. My sold out. Number three. First service people are like, oh, whatever in first service, I like, will oh, pastor has cut off a lot of things. Yes, I am, because of time. Number three, am I accountable? Am I accountable? Am I accountable? We are created for community. We are created for community. You were born into a family. You can only be fulfilled in a family, in a community. Every Christian should belong to a church family. A Christian that is not a member of a church family is, is what? Is an orphan. If you're a Christian and you are not in a church family, you're a spiritual orphan. God wants you to be. Why is accountability so powerful? Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10. It says, two are better than one. Everybody say two are better than one. Two are better than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one fails, the other can reach out and help. But if one falls alone, is in real trouble. May you not be alone in the time of your need. Which is why you have to join a life group. Join a life group. Be a part of a community. You're part of the big community, yes. You need to be a part of a smaller community. In verse 12 of Ecclesiastes 4, it says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. The only reason the enemy wants to take you out and make you a lone ranger is so that you can be susceptible to attack. Period. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So, I say to single ladies, 
Never marry a man that is not accountable to anybody. Don't do it. If you do it, you're asking for trouble. If you love him with all your head and your leg and your neck and he's not accountable to anybody, <laughs> pray and be sure that is asking for trouble. The people that have been down road, they will tell you. But pastor, what if I'm married to somebody like that? It's simple. Pray that God will help him. Because accountability will change your life. Pray that God will help him. Why? Because if he's not accountable, he cannot fulfill his potential. Period. That's how things are set up. That's how things are set up. So don't marry him if he's not accountable. I'll tell you a story and we'll close. There's a lady that used to be a worker. He's a worker. And I don't even know her personally. We don't have a personal relationship. I'm closer to some people than I am to others. Not because I choose to, just because of things, the way things panned out. She's one of those people that I'm not just really close to. Then she, she comes to me and she, and she was almost crying, saying that, oh, pastor, I'm sorry. I am going to have to stop being a worker and all that. I'm like, why? And she says, my husband has been giving me horrors. I'm like, why? He says, the guy is always fighting her and telling her, if Pastor Femi says you should come for a meeting at 4 o'clock, you'll be there early. Me, I'm giving you marching orders in this house. You are not obeying me. I'm like, why would you guys pull me in between your issues. And she says, oh, he's just insecure. I says, insecure about what? We don't even, this person, I don't even have a number. I didn't have a number at the time. Call me. Oh. Call him. Nope. I won't call him. Talk to him, Pastor. Nope. I won't talk to him. He said to her, I hereby decree you will not be a worker again. I cancel it. So she said, so what do I do? I said, nothing. She says, Pastor, are you not just going to call him and, and I, if somebody can be saying all that to his wife about, about me, why would I want to call him? Take his number. I still didn't call him. I said I won't call him. So she left. Time passed. She began to backslide. She backslid, literally. You know, everybody deserves one something. Uh, so she backslid. I won't tell you the details. <laughs> And it got so bad. 
that she had kicked him out of the house, gotten a police, what have you, injunction. If he comes to the house, they were going to pick him up. It was really messy. My phone was ringing midnight. It was him. I didn't call him. He rang and rang and rang and rang. There was something in me that said, don't pick his call. But there was something in me that said, ah, ah, pick his call. Now, don't look at me like that. I'll be truthful. <laughs> so I picked his call. My pastor. <laughs> I said, eh? <laughs> really? I said, ah, it's my daughter. Ah, your daughter has scattered ground, though. She has driven me out of the house, done this, done that. I needed to call her. There was something in me that says, that's your bloody business. I'm not going to call her. So I said to him, she has a father. Why don't you call her father? Since the father has called her, she's not listening to anybody. You are the only one I know that can talk to her and she will listen. Something in me said, show him Pepe. I'm telling you. But that was the flesh. But the spirit overcame but the pastor in me and the God in me says, you cannot repay evil for evil. So I said to him, I'll call, I'll call her. I dropped, called her. I just spoke to your husband. He says this and that and that. And she went to start telling me a long story. I said, you know what? I don't want to hear any story. Let's go back to status quo. But pastor, no but pastor. Your husband is coming back, allowing him back into the house. We'll deal with this thing in the morning. Okay, sir. I called the guy. So you can go home, oh girl. This guy has felt he had all the control in the world. When women are canal, they can kill you. You don't know. You have no clue. Better leave them spiritual. <laughs> you are still struggling with them being spiritual. If they change cantonality. So we are friends now. God has put people in your life to help you. You are making them your enemy. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. I want you to just say to the Lord, your plan, not my plan. 
I choose to be sold out to you, Lord. And I choose to be accountable, Lord. You are here. The first place you need to be accountable about is to God. The first person you need to be accountable to is to God. You need to be accountable to God. You need to be accountable to God. To God. You need to be accountable to God. They're saying, Pastor, that is me. I'm not accountable to God. I've been living a reckless life. I used to be born again, but I'm, I'm far from God even right now. I want to be accountable to God. I don't need to come forward. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. Put up your hand now over your head quickly, and I'll pray with you wherever you are seated. God bless you. God bless you. Right there. God bless you. Right there. Put it up over your head. Once you have the card, you can put it on your hand, and I'm going to pray with you shortly. God bless you. Right there. God bless you. I need to come under God's government. I need to go under God's authority. Authority. I, I, I need to come under God's own influence. That is me. Put it, put it up over your head. Over your head. I need to see you. Over your head. Once you have the card, God bless you right there. Once you have the card, you can put it on your hand. If you don't have the card, keep the hands up. God bless you right there. Right in front. God bless you. Lord, I offer my life to you. Everything I everyone that has surrendered to you today, we ask that you bring them under your own government. Be their protection. Be their covering. Lord, let their lives begin to align with your purposes and let their lives count for you in Jesus' name. I pray for everyone that has heard your word, the will and the grace to do this word given to us. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen.